It's Monday, October 31st, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Tim Hanson. Happy Halloween, guys! Boo! <laughs> yes, we do have sound effects. It is our it is our Halloween special. Tim, I know you're very fired up about this. I'm not the biggest Halloween fan, and this luchador mask makes it hard to talk. Um, so every once in a while, we'll get an email at radio at com from one of our uh, listeners out there saying, hey, when can I see you guys? Why isn't there a, a section of the website with maybe your photos or something like that? Um, Mostly because we're always wearing Mexican luchador masks. <laughs> exactly. Um, we, uh, for the past week or so, we have been videotaping Market Foolery. Um, so you can go to fool.com. Uh, you can just type in Market Foolery in the search box, and you can see our our – our latest video, and in this case, it is uh, what our producer Matt Greer is calling our intentionally lame Halloween special. <laughs> Steve, is that really the best you can do? That's all I got right now. All right, see if you can work on. Some... We don't. We don't license anything. We don't have any. I'll sp- do my best. I'll see what I can go. We don't have with. any spooky sound effects or anything. All right, so we will. Uh, in keeping with the Halloween theme, we are going to go with trick or treat stocks. Um, we are going to start with Yahoo. This is intentionally lame, right? This is intentionally, it's intentionally lame. <laughs> intentionally right. lame. Uh, so, Tim, Yahoo, is it a trick? Is it a treat? What do you think? Which one's the good one? Uh, treat is the good one. Treat is the good one. Uh, and I would say Yahoo is a treat, at least in the near term. I've said this a few times in the past, but but I think a deal is going to get done here um, for uh, investors to or Alibaba itself to pay Yahoo uh, for that stake. Um, Alibaba, as, as, as people may know, is the largest e-platform, um, e-commerce platform in China. Uh, so I think that deal ends up getting done uh, to the benefit of Yahoo as a company. The shareholders will get a nice pop in the stock price, and then it will be time to get out. Joe, what do you think? Yahoo, trick or treat? <clears throat> yeah, I generally buy that thesis, and I think Tim's right. I do worry about what Yahoo might do with the cash when it comes in. And that's why you get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the stock is off today like 5% because people are worried that they're going to try and sell that stake and then return the cash either via share repurchase or a dividend. And normally, I would applaud that. I guess it's just a matter of perspective. From a cash flow management perspective, I would love to see them pay that out as a special dividend. And people who want to stay doubled down in Yahoo can just reinvest those dividends in the company. But if you are a strong Yahoo bull... Uh, over a long time horizon, then you know paying out all that cash is basically going to zap your ability to acquire your way out of the quagmire that they're in. So, Tim, just to be clear, you think Yahoo is a treat of a stock, but it sounds like it is entirely based on the value overseas. That yeah, that- yeah, they they could conceivably just rename themselves. Hey, we own forty percent of Alibaba. <laughs> And dot, you know, incorporated dot com. And, 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 and I think um, the value of the stock would actually go up. It's, it's a misnamed uh, company in a lot of ways. Um, but that's just, that, you know, Yahoo. I, I think at the end of the day, this is all going to get broken off into pieces like a yard sale, and some pieces are more valuable than others. So if you, if you unlock that value in China and, you know, essentially bring the cash back home, what does the business look like then? What is, what is the closest comparison? Is it. Is it AOL? Li- is it AOL? Uh, yeah, it's just a, uh, uh, I think a library of properties that attract traffic on the internet, which you can advertise off of in the right hands. People who know what they're doing, which is not Yahoo, um, <laughs> that could be worth more than what what it's being implied to be worth today. It, it, it's a bit of a math problem, which doesn't make for the best radio or um, lame, intentionally lame, intentionally Halloween, lame special. Halloween special. But you know, if you start backing out the value, you know, uh, you know. 
we can joke that page views or unique visitors aren't, aren't money, so they're not worth anything. So when you see these crazy valuations for Facebook or Twitter or whatever, it's like, you know, they're not monetizing anything. But look, you, you can't monetize something on the internet unless, by you know, first order you have page views and visitors. Right. So if you have those, then you can monetize. And Yahoo has that. It needs to figure out a better monetization strategy. But in the hands of someone like a Google um, who's been rumored to be looking around now, you know, that tra- and Microsoft as and well. Microsoft, that traffic is is worth something. Yeah, and selling the stake in Alibaba would definitely take them just one step closer to making one of those sellouts happen. Probably to Microsoft, I would guess, out of the two. But all right, let's move on to the next trick or treat. Can stock. I take my mask off? It's itchy. Is it? Do I have to keep it on for the intentionally lame Halloween special? I'm willing to risk your getting a skin condition. Oh, <laughs> uh, our next trick or treat. Max stock. says I can take it off. All right, all right. Our next trick-or-treat stock, Joe Mager, is GM. And uh, I believe we talked about this last last week. I'm pretty sure... Speaking of companies with questionable long-term prospects... You think this is a treat, don't you? I do. I think that... You know, GM, big picture, is selling for about five times earnings. Sales were up 20% in the last quarter. And I think U.S. light vehicle sales, which are the big driver of profits at GM and the other major automakers, or at least GM and Ford, are poised to continue a long upswing. I think there's a lot of pent-up demand for vehicles that's been pushed aside. And eventually that's going to have to come back into play. Now, it's got all the same risks that you know and love from the old GM. You got powerful unions, high fixed costs, intensely competitive market, uh, people with flashlights in your face. And, Again, you know, it's our those, intentionally lame Hollywood and, and the pension, for that matter. They're probably going to end up shy about you know, $25, 30000000000 billion on their pension obligations around the end of the year. We'll find out more on that later. But they've also got more than that in free cash or cash on the balance sheet, I should say. Tim, what do you think? GM, is it a trick? Is it a treat? I, I disagree with Joe on this, and we've hashed this out uh, amongst ourselves, and, and he hasn't come around to my side, and I haven't come around to his. So make your case. Well, basically, so... If you had a flashlight on your face, <laughs> I would find your argument more convincing. Joe's, Joe's thesis rests on this sort of, like, um, massive upswing in secular demand for cars, and then GM capturing most of that. I don't see either one of those things happening. That is total hyperbole. Because, <laughs> because think about it. I mean, you know, uh, the American economy is not, not good. People aren't buying new cars at a rapid clip. And, you know, the, the fact is that cars can stay on the road longer. We already don't use them to their full um, life expectancies. You know, a car should last 10 to 15 years. And if people want to get rid of them after four, that seems like an artificially high rate at which you're replacing your vehicle. In a down American economy, people are gonna, that, that replacement cycle is going to take longer, which means I think demand for, for new cars in this country is actually going to be flat um, um, to downish. And then to suggest that GM is going to be the best ones at taking advantage of this upswell, I think, is also a little bit off. I'm not saying they're necessarily the best. It's selling for five times earnings. Everyone hates this stuff. Well, but I'm saying, I think those, so GM is obviously coming out of a, a bit of a um, government-protected uh, reorganization. A at bit? A, at a time when, well, he accused me of hyperbole before, <laughs> at a time when new car demand over the past couple of years was artificially inflated by other government incentives. So when you take those two things away, I think the five times earnings metric is a little bit of a peak earnings measurement just because, you know, look out two years when the government is not inflating demand for new cars and is not making GM more profitable um, than, than, than it should be. What you're going to end up seeing is that, you know, for a cyclical business, this is probably actually more like a PE of 11 or 12 on a normalized basis. 
Joe. Well, well I disagree, obviously. <laughs> I, I think the point you make about cars lasting longer is absolutely true, and I think it's easy to overlook that. A counterbalance, though, is that the real price of automobiles has fallen about 3% a year. So basically, cars are getting cheaper, and they're becoming a less important cost in terms of your overall expense structure. So back in the day... Oil prices! <laughs> back in the day, your automobile was a much bigger component of your, you know, your family cost, and the decision to buy a second car was a huge deal. Because it's, no, but that was the, the cost of the asset was more, but it cost much less to maintain and run. Yeah, but people when don't you realize balance that on out, the back end. When you start paying for gas nowadays, you've well, got four dollar gas. It's a good thing. And don't tell me the volt. Don't don't tell me the volt. I, I don't even want to hear about. I the wasn't going to say the volt. <laughs> I'm going to say Chevy Cruze, which has been a very big seller for them. It's got great reviews. And GM finally is competitive in the light vehicle small car market. Um, does does not G- that we have strong opinions on the that. light vehicle small? What the what does that well, mean? I mean, vehicles, you're dividing your, it's small cars. Uh, GM is really good cars. among people who buy GM cars. That's I, basically, what you're saying. I, I want to sort of get at this uh, notion of of sort of the brands within GM because when we, when we talk about Ford, it seems to me that Ford has a very definitive image. It has a very uh, strong leader in Alan Mulally. Um, as someone who didn't go uh, bankrupt, who, uh, as someone who doesn't really have a dog in this fight, I, I have no idea um, who is at the top of GM, who their what their leadership is like, and I have no idea what the image of GM is. They're, like in terms of brands, is that a concern for you that that GM doesn't really have sort of a strong singular image in the way that Ford does? No, I don't think so. I mean, you're familiar with Cadillac, right? I am, but I don't think or of it GMC? as... I, I don't think of, of... My grandmother was familiar with Cadillac. <laughs> oh, go I, search for it on Yahoo. I don't, I don't look at a, a brand like Cadillac. I look at it as a brand unto itself. I don't look at it and go, oh, well, there's another strong brand in the GM portfolio. Well, it's done quite well. I mean, they've killed off a lot of brands. They were spread too far, and that cost them on marketing. They're, they're marketing brands that were unprofitable and people didn't care about, and they had to retrench around their core ones. And I, I agree that, look, this is not a perfect business. I totally agree. But at the price that it's at, and Tim and I just have a fundamental difference. I'm not shorting it. I'm not man. saying Joe is 100% wrong. I'm just saying I just don't get it. I don't get his enthusiasm. What about in China? Doesn't GM actually dominate Ford when it comes to... Buick is a very popular luxury brand in China, but, you know, my view on the Chinese market is there are about 20 different companies competing there. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, everybody can say they're going to grow in China, but it's another thing to actually do it. And when you've got like 10 to 12 domestic Chinese manufacturers who are getting subsidized by the Chinese government, plus all the foreign competition that wants in, yeah, everybody's going to grow in China, but not as much as they think they are. Um, So it's not... You know, I just don't. It's not a. It's not a game changer for anybody, yeah. uh, whether it's Ford or Volkswagen or, or GM or whomever. All right, I'm sure the debate will continue once we finish taping this. Can um, we just hug and talk about how much we love Google? <laughs> you can do that on someone else's podcast. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> uh, uh, before we wrap up, uh, in keeping with the whole trick or treat theme, just one more treat stock for our listeners. Just a stock that uh, that you like uh, for any reason, be it valuation business model, uh, moat, leadership, Joe Mager, I'll start with you. Sure. So is it too totally cliche to go with Google? No, by all All means. Well, I'll go with Google. Um, Google's last quarter was another blowout. Uh, Online advertising continues to boom, and they're gaining share. They're gaining share on display advertising, which I don't think people are paying a lot of attention to. And they're ironically eating it from Yahoo, who we were talking about earlier. And 
you know, display advertising is a lot more split of a market, and they're moving in there aggressively. Uh, mobile advertising spend is also booming, and thanks to Android, Google's the leader there. Uh, great balance sheet, great long-term prospects, yada, yada. You've heard that pitch from me before. But, yeah, I think it's a great business, and it's very well positioned. All right. Tim? I would actually start looking at some of the plain vanilla asset managers again, so something along the lines of a T. Rowe Price Group. And, and just because the market's been out of favor, um, people have been pulling assets out of mutual funds uh, for the past few months at, at pretty pretty record rates. And so that that group is reporting, um, generally speaking, un, unsatisfying profits this quarter. Um, but you know, long term, the stock market goes up, asset managers collect money, and, and they get money, and they, they earn the money that they invest, or a percentage of it. And I think you want to go plain vanilla, like a T. Rowe Price Group, uh, just because then you don't end up with like the weird derivative, you know, time bomb type things that are taking down things like MF Global, uh, Lehman Brothers, that sort of thing. But you know, T. Rowe Price mostly a long only equity mutual fund shop, um, plain vanilla asset managers. Um, just finally, uh, because it is Halloween, uh, two stock. Uh, just when it comes to candy, Tim, you were saying beforehand, um, basically you hate candy. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But two, <laughs> two stocks uh, for folks to look at uh, if they're interested, and they're they're really the the two pure plays in the candy industry. That's Hershey, uh, ticker symbol HSY, and Tootsie Roll, which is TR. Um, great stocks to look at if you're looking to get your kids. Uh, interested in stocks and uh, and certainly you know and they both pay a dividend and and Hershey has certainly been a, a great long term winner but Tim you're not a candy fan you're not a Halloween fan you stuck with the mask for at least part of the podcast I'm really I tried I'm really proud of you for that the Baumer over here is putting pressure on me yeah um, Joe what is your costume again Richie Tenenbaum Richie Ten- from the Royal Tenenbaums That's movie right. the Baumer okay where's your Bloody Mary <laughs> it's at my desk all right. <laughs> You should have brought that in. That's a good effect. I mean, it's, it's, the best podcasts are always the ones where you're drinking while you do them. <laughs> and by you, I mean you specifically. Joe Minger, Tim yep. Hanson. <laughs> Guys, thanks for being here. Thank thanks you. for playing along with our Intentionally Lame Halloween special. Happy Halloween. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations Ooh. for or against fire and sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Thank goodness. Our producer is Matt Career. Our very spooky engineer is Steve Broido. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. You two can hug it out now if you want. I'm done. Hug me. (laughs) 